स्मार्ट कास्ट लिसनिंग टू अंदुस्तान टाइम्स प्रोडक्शन ब्रॉट टू यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट हेलो एंड वेलकम टू दच टी ब्रांच पॉडकास्ट the weekly companion to your printed copy of HT Branch where i your host karishma kunzang from team branch give you a behind the scenes of what you'll be reading on sunday there'll be interviews with the biggest bollywood celebrities talking about things that matter to them you'll also get to know a little more about the columns by veer sangvi and seema goswami from the columnists themselves why should you listen to it well it's one of india's top sunday magazines It has the best editors, columnists and opinion leaders bringing you what's happening around town. Listen on for an additional dose of brunch. This series is available on hdsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. Hey guys, how's it going? So this Diu girl has ruled our hearts since her debut in 2005 with Yahan. And when we caught up with our in bed with star actor Manisha Lamba, she got nostalgic about college life in Delhi, cracking Bollywood, and also got talking about the importance of a social media presence in today's day and age, irrespective of your job. Listen on for our chat. So hi Manisha welcome to the HD branch podcast and congratulations on your HD branch column what has the response been like Well you know as always HD branch columns have a very um, interesting questions and interesting spectrum of questions so uh, it's it's very nice to always answer questions that are you know out of the box uh, that are more uh, thought provoking I feel even for someone who's getting interviewed, and also interesting for people to read it as well. Right, right. I completely agree, and thank you so much for that. Um, but let's start with a little bit of nostalgia. Uh, tell us about your college life at uh, Dew's Miranda House. What was that like? So you know, now when we talk about nostalgia, I wish I had done things differently. Yeah. For example, I wish I had attended more college so that I can have more nostalgia to share with you. <laughs> But uh, I, I was one of those classic people who had such bad attendance that <laughs> I literally was warned. And in Miranda House, they were actually keeping students back a year if your attendance, you know, attendance was not enough. And I was one of those students that didn't attend enough. And in my last semester, I had to make up with extra assignments and you know show my professors <laughs> that yes, I was serious about this and you know all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, cramming in my third year, <laughs> and uh, for the first two years, I didn't give my Hindi exam. You know, next year, next year, oh, and then like that, year. yeah. And, oh my God! Everything just fell on one go, and I was like, why didn't I do this in my first, <laughs> first year? year. I just Finish this off, then I was like, you know what? They need to make this compulsory. They just need to make this compulsory and make sure you finish your Hindi in the first year. Please yeah. do this to your students. You know, don't let them putting, you know, put it off, and then in the third year they have so much more to do, and then exactly Hindi exam also. <laughs> Right, and uh, you know your journey in Bollywood after that, uh, which began with Yaha in two thousand five. What's your favorite memory um, so far? You know, in the field and the journey. Um, what are some of the things that you've picked up? 
that you'll kind of take with you so uh, uh pick up picked up i think life experience is what you need to pick up as an actor uh life experience is so important for you to be able to enact so many things um but then again just because you have to be a gangster and a show doesn't mean you have to go murder someone right <laughs> yeah I mean, you yeah. you have to fully portray that also without saying hey you know how how, how am i going to be a gangster you know many people come over me kiya hai you know how do, how do i authentically play that you can't method act that now can you you know yeah, i'm drawing exactly. from my experience when i murdered that person right so certain things you can't you know so it takes a lot to like get into the mind space of someone who you know who could be like that who could go through those things uh what kind of psychological profile a person would have if this is what they have to do etc etc so it is not an easy job at all not at all you know with like 100 people on set just looking at you in the middle of a date you know because all eyes are on you and yes. if you don't get it right it's back to one right so then uh, you have 100 eyes looking on you and there you have to be vulnerable you've got to bear yourself uh, completely have absolutely um, be vulnerable which is you know the opposite of what life teaches us it teaches you to be invulnerable and to hide your feelings and all of that yeah. but as an actor you got to expose all of that because if you're insincere the camera catches it and people will not buy into the story that you are telling all right you know how difficult is it to crack the industry uh, if you're an outsider or do you think that that's uh, changing now thanks to ott platforms and maybe even social media see i think it's difficult to crack the industry period whether you are a so called insider or a quote unquote outsider uh, it is a difficult place to crack you know like uh, if you see the top 5 actresses that we have in our industry there are people who also you know the people who come from absolutely no background in the industry as well and they are stars you know so if anyone says that um, uh, you know the industry is filled with nepotism look at shahrukh khan you know he was someone who came uh, with dreams determination and uh, talent and you know etc etc and he was a superstar you know so with so many other people Yeah. So it's very unfair to say you know this whole insider outsider debate. It's just been it's not sat right with me at all, and I've not said anything about it on social media or Twitter because there was just such a uh, you know I feel negative bias um, going on out there that there was no point uh, even you know getting into that conversation at that point. Right. Right. All right. And uh, speaking of social media, how do you handle your accounts? Is there anything you refrain from posting about, or um, you know? I'm not that uh, active on social media, uh, as I feel that a person today should be. It's a combination of maybe your personality. It's a combination of uh, you know just saying that there are a lot of things that I don't talk about, which I feel strongly about. But then again, I feel that you know there is so much negative backlash that could end up happening uh, because of it. Like uh, I purposely refrain and I stay away from political stuff. I purposely refrain and don't say anything about um, religion. You know. so you know then you keep topics very light and you keep topics very uh, breezy but then you see that you know when you're doing this you're really not adding any substance to your social media accounts then right 
I mean, you're not. You know, the, what, what do you stand for then? What do you mean if you're not yeah. going to speak your mind? But then speaking your mind can end up uh, having such unnecessary negative backlash where the point is not understood, but a knee-jerk, irrational reaction is then perpetrated, and that snowballs into something where you're like, "Oh my God, I didn't mean this at all." Like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, that leads us to how do you manage trolls? Do you ignore them? Do you not? Are you lucky enough to not get any? Well, I think because I have not been so socially active on social media, and because I have not touched topics which could lead to uh, a lot of trolling, therefore uh, it has been less. But I think the moment I start speaking about stuff and actually say what's on my mind, and you know have uh, opinions out there then of course you know the trolling will definitely increase as mm-hmm. i said you keep your account breezy you keep it cheerful um, uh, you know your trolls there's not going to be uh, much trolling but the moment you you get down and serious and you say okay fine let's let's talk business out here that's when yeah yeah things change all right and and what does fame mean to you you know you're somebody who started their career when bollywood stars were almost inaccessible and had that uh, long lasting fame and now uh, you know you have uh, we're living in a time when anybody who has a phone can be famous in 15 seconds but it's uh, short lived like it'd be forgotten tomorrow so what does that term mean to you in today's day and age like how do you think of fame Well, today is completely different, you know. Today, the motto of you know, "Jo dikta hai, wohi dikta hai," is is very true, and uh, it goes for everything. There is there is nothing exclusive that is any, you know. There's nothing can be exclusive anymore because the law of economics requires that you know you you spread your product across as as large a volume as possible, right? Because that is the business, that is the mantra for success. Yeah. everywhere you know so the more popular you are the more followers you will have uh, the more work you can get right the whole exclusivity now it doesn't work anymore and that um, that law of economics has also spilled into the law of you know the game of fame exactly if you can say it, you know yeah. so yeah. it is exactly like that yeah yeah you can't afford to be exclusive so exclusive anymore hmm. Uh, you have to be something that even you as an actor are a product and that product has to be consumed by masses en masse yeah you know yeah. just like you would consume a pepsi or you would consume a packet of noodles this packet of noodles or the over the other packet of noodles yeah you know yeah. so that's that's what it's become now and do you think that having a social media account is necessary because you know um i'm not sure about um you know there are actors and um who've told me that you know brands approach you and they say okay you do need to have a social media account you know because if you're going to sign you up uh, we need you to tweet or you know post something for us in collaboration or when they have films coming up then their uh, marketing teams get behind them so how important is it for somebody who's uh, doing the job doing it well but they also need to kind of keep uh, social media in mind today like do you think it's uh, something that needs to be done it is very important a social media presence today and uh, someone who uh, can afford not to be on social media is someone 
either who is someone really really big that uh, the kind of work they have done is so huge that doesn't matter if they're not on social media it's all right you know they are still that name and will continue to do so be so for the next two decades right right, right um, yeah um or are the kind of people who whose personality just doesn't allow them to be someone who is on social media they are not that kind and it's anathema for their soul like it just cannot be done you know that their soul can't be sold that's the price they cannot pay but yeah. for everyone else it is extremely important whether you are a business or whether you are an actor that you have to be on social media because social media is your um If if a brand advertises on a GMC channel during an IPL or during a big show and all of that, that's a big thing, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. now you have micro ecosystems of uh, and pockets of people that you reach now through social media who yeah. may not watch an IPL, you know, who may not turn into GEC and all of that, but who uh, follow you on a micro blogging site and you can reach them out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to reach. every single person and and if a person has a very strong social media account it makes them even more viable because now you're reaching a smaller um ecosystem of an audience that is just dedicated to this person and so the eyeballs are guaranteed out there all right and lastly any lockdown self discoveries or learnings that you've uh, you know made or had lockdown I think now uh, because of lockdown, I've anyway been a lockdown kind of a person. <laughs> I, I I'm someone who doesn't like going out too much, and going out to a club is like anathema for me. It's like oh my god, please, you know, going out to a party of hundred people is like not my vibe at all. So uh, there's no pressure now for me to be social. <laughs> so that is one thing. I that's the only thing about lockdown that's been good for me. Nothing else about this lockdown has good been good for anyone, and yeah. it is just a nightmare that you know we just are again having to relive. Yeah, it's like we just celebrated two thousand and twenty-one. We thought this was behind us, but uh, no, it's not, and it's deja vu to this time last year. <laughs> yeah, and and what are you planning to do differently, if at all, <laughs> during you know lockdown two point zero? Are you going to pick up some new skills? maybe i don't know any plans <laughs> i i continue reading and now see at least with lockdown this particular lockdown work is still uh, happening like people are planning projects and all of that so yeah definitely going to be reading uh, scripts being way more healthier and being way more uh, self aware mm. is what i would say Okay all right thank you so much for your time and thank you so much thank for this you. lovely conversation thanks sure. Ritwa and i must say you have an awesome smile like absolutely <laughs> awesome during the course of the pandemic i've had uh, two sources of recipes to try my hand at my mom and the internet I've made my mom's uh, pork chops, momos, chicken curry, dal, aloo dum, and most recently a glass noodle specialty from my hometown. Um, thanks to all the pain that she's taken, you know, to jot them down on WhatsApp for me. 
Um, as for the latter, I followed chefs Mega Kohli, uh, Kunal Kapoor, and Ruchirahun Philip, and have found that the results have been more than satisfying. And the thing is, um, each time I make it, it, I feel like it tastes better than the last time. And you know what it actually does? Because each time I feel that I'm getting better at the whole andaz way of measuring uh, recipes um, according to, you know, what I like. Well, here's what HT Branch columnist Veer Sangmi has to say about recipes and cooking. Now, here's the thing about recipes. You read them, you go off and buy the ingredients, you make the dish exactly according to what the recipe says. And somehow it never really tastes as good. This is particularly true if you're trying a recipe that some great chef has recommended. You go to that chef's restaurant, you have the recipe, and you come back, say, hey, now that I have the recipe, I'm going to cook it. And somehow the food is never as good. Why is that? Well, partly it's because chefs lie all the time and don't give you the full recipe. But mostly it's because cooking is not just about recipes. It's about the hand of the chef. Think about it. Why are professional chefs so much better than the rest of us? Or just think of home. Think of your grandmother's cooking. If she made a sabzi and you made a sabzi, why was her sabzi, why was her curry so much better than yours? Well, the real reason is that your grandmother understood ingredients more than you do. She knew which tomato to buy. She knew how long to cook a tomato. She knew when to add the onions. We don't really know that and no recipe will tell us. But there is a hack. There's a way of finding out. If you understand science, you'll know why unconsciously your grandmother did some of the things she did. For instance, the umami factor, which is what makes tomatoes so tasty, goes up what by huge, huge amount if the tomato is ripe. If you fry the tomato in oil for a very long time, you concentrate the molecules that give tomatoes their flavor. There are like hundreds of little tricks like this, which are tricks to you and me, but to your grandmother probably came naturally. So the hack, the secret, is while you'll never cook like your grandmother, you'll never cook like a great chef. But if you understand the science, if you understand why unconsciously they did what they did, then maybe you can cook something approaching them. So that's what my column's about. It's about the science of cooking, not in terrible molecular scientific terms, but in simple terms, in terms that you and I can use. Spring. I don't think Mumbai has spring. <laughs> so we find ourselves bang in the middle of a humid summer. But on the slightly bright side... I will hopefully leave some of my lockdown weight behind as my diet will comprise primarily of watermelon. And then there are lychees, which I used to eat by the dozens for two months straight at my nani's place in Kalimpong in northern West Bengal uh, during the summer break that we used to have. And this is like for 10 to like 12 years straight. <laughs> that, uh, you know, and the desserts that you can whip up with mangoes are the only things I'm looking forward to in the near future. What with the lockdown 2.0 in place now? Well, here's what HD Branch columnist Seema Goswami has to say about her summer adventures. I can't be the only one who felt that spring lasted for precisely one week this year. 
Before we knew it, we were into summer with all its blazing intensity. Well, never mind. And more to the point, let's make the most of a season that's heralded by a whole lot of heat and dust. Thankfully, there are some good things about the Indian summer. It does have its compensations. This is the season of mellow fruitfulness, with due apologies to Keats. The season kicks off with juicy watermelons and melons. And before you've had your fill of them, the first mangoes start arriving in the market. My childhood memories all revolve around eating mangoes and making a glorious mess of it all. That said, the fruit I most associate with summer is not mangoes but lychees. In my mind, mangoes are merely a holding operation until lychees arrive in all their exquisite loveliness. But fruits is not all there is to it. You also have the flowering laburnums or amaltas in Delhi with their beautiful yellow flowers that are a pleasure to look at as you drive on the streets of the capital. This is also the season when you can finally take some time off and go on vacation. And if you don't want to go on vacation because of Covid, you can just fix yourself a nice cool drink, draw the curtains and settle down with a good book. As for myself, I am gorging on mangoes and dreaming of a vacation in the hills where I can make the most of the cool mountain breezes. Hope you have a good summer too. He can sound like Michael Jackson and then slide smoothly into Benny Dayal. Yes, Delhi-based musician Chazen or Chetan Dominic Avasti is that talented. And he dances like a dream too. Besides working on his original content during the pandemic, Chazen also recently sang for Netflix's Bombay Begums. Uh, we got him to sing a number that he likes and, uh, you know, thankfully he obliged. Hope you enjoy his rendition of the song Bang Bang. Hi, I'm Chazen. Tere mere raaton ne kiye hai kuch irade mili hai jo abhi mulaqate koi chato hone ko hai hone ko hai Tere mere koi aankhon aankhon me jo Yeah. <laughs> 
weekend is when you take a break from a hectic week, whether it's work from home or work from work. It's also a day to develop perspective on things by not just consuming news, but also analyzing it by listening to different points of views and figuring out what you feel about it. We hope we've been able to do just that with today's HD Brunch podcast. Feel free to give us feedback and suggestions on HD Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or DM us directly at HD Brunch on Instagram and Twitter. To listen to more podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariye se. I will see you back here next weekend with another dose of entertainment that keeps things real. Till then, happy brunching guys. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.